This is a strong word today. And then he says, he says, if, if you are going to uh, make the impact on the new year and become the change that you're always talking about, he says, you've got to embrace these things. Listen one more time. He says, offenses will come. He then says again, he says, they better not come through you. He says, I'd rather a millstone hung around your neck. You'd be thrown to see. In other words, Jesus doesn't like when we lead folk astray. Then he says, and listen now, if folk do you dirty, real dirty, and if they do it seven times in a day. Now, some of us have been dirty, but you ain't got, you ain't, I mean, come on now. This is an extreme example. Seven times in one day. He says, and if they come back to you seven times in a row, each time they do you dirty, he says, I want you to forgive them. Now, watch the disciples' response. The disciples say this in verse 5. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) Increase our faith. (laughs) But that's the right, doesn't that sound like that's the right? In other words, they're like, Lord, I don't know about this. You're going to have to do something in me. Come on in here, somebody. In order for me to walk this Christian walk, I'm not talking about the church walk. I'm talking about being a Christian. There's a difference. How many have come to discover there's a difference between church people and Christians? There's a difference. Jesus is saying, look, man, if you're going to do this thing, it's going to cost you something. And the disciples were like, okay, I hear you, but you're going to have to do something with me because I can't do what you're asking me to do. I I am currently not in a position to be able to do what you are telling me to do. Does anybody feel that today? Do you you ever get a sense that the the, the burden that God lays on you to live a certain way, you just can't do it? You have got to come to that conclusion. I'm glad the disciples were honest. They said, Lord, increase my faith. How are we going to do this? Forgive that sorry Negro seven times in the same day. Really? And then he says, and don't cause anybody to go astray? <laughs> what? Lord, increase our faith. If that's your prayer today, I want everybody to say, Lord, increase my faith. Come on, say it again. Say, Lord, you got to help me. I need more faith. Now, why would they say that? Because in order, hear me now, in order to do the stuff that God's asking us to do, You're going to need faith to do it because most of the stuff that God asks us to do, we can't do. We can't do. Uh, You know, I almost feel guilty for using illustration about my kids because somebody put something on Facebook (laughs) and I reposted about preachers always using their kids as illustrations. But I'll be honest, there are times, some of you parents know what I'm talking about, where you will intentionally ask your kids to do something that you know that they can't do. And you're simply just doing it because at some point you want them to fail because it's a test to teach them a lesson on how to get it done. And what I've discovered is most of the time, you're going to find yourself, like case in point, clean your room. Lord Jesus, like, go clean your room. And you just know they can't clean it the way you want them to clean it. Eventually, you're going to find your way in there and help them. Notice what God is doing in your walk with him. And I don't want you to miss this. Everyone in here has a unique and special calling that God has placed on your life. I mean, and I know we hear that all the kind of time, and it's kind of like... Uh, Yeah, I hear you, Pastor, but understand, I'm saying the responsibility on your life from God is humongous. It's huge. I don't know if anybody feels that. Not because I'm a pastor. If you are a Christian, there is a calling on your life, and it's huge. 
It's huge. And every time you're confronted with a word from the Lord to remind you, I don't know about if God deals with you like he deals with me. God will constantly put people in my way. He will constantly remind me of stuff he's told me to do years ago that I haven't done. I remember in 2009, I was like, that's the year I'm going to be obedient to God. Come on, say amen. Listen, what is it? We'll be five years, six years later. We still ain't done it yet. And God will constantly remind us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He puts stuff in your memory bank to say, I told you to do this and you ain't grown in this yet. I need you to come around again. I'm not finished with you yet. It's not over. I haven't forgotten the promise that I made to you. And the, and the, in the deep cry in all of us, when God heaps these burdens on us to do these things he's asked us to do, should be God. I don't need more money. God, I don't need to lose weight. But I do. I don't, I don't need to stop eating chocolate for a year. That's cool. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, mean, I know I should be a vegetarian, but I mean, I, I got diabetes. And yeah, all the stuff that we try to figure out for the new year, I need to start exercising. But notice this, before you get started with all that, the first thing you ought to be saying is, God, I need some faith to be able to do all the stuff you're asking me to do. I need to believe God. Now, so watch what happens here. The Bible says, going to the next verse, He says in verse 6, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now I want you to watch what God just did there. The disciples are like, I need more Most people in the beginning of the year are asking for more. Notice what Christ's answer is. He's like, you don't need more. You don't need more faith. By the way, sometimes we often pray this prayer request. God, grow my faith. God, give me more faith. That was a natural reaction. I need more faith. Notice what Christ said. He said, nah. He says, if you will simply just work what you got. And I've, I've, I've always noticed this. Notice what the Bible says, how faith grows. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay. What are you saying, pastor? How do I get more faith? Do what God told me to do. How do I grow in my faith? How do I get? And, and by the way, I just want to point this out to you. Like the most important thing in your spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ is faith. Why would I say that? Hebrews eleven six says what? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I, 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 I want to put it like this. Like, you ought to have the kind of faith where you are constantly and others are constantly questioning your sanity. Like, let me just ask you a question. How many of you can go a whole day without offending somebody? Or... Who is so bold as to say you've, you don't lead anybody astray? Actually, some church people have kind of take the mindset that, you know, it's between them. It's their relationship. It's just kind of between them and God. It's a personal relationship. It's a private relationship. Do you realize what Jesus said there? He was like, dude, if you lead somebody astray, you, you know, I'd rather you be dead. It's better for a millstone to be hung around your neck. Listen to the stuff that God's putting on us. Yo, this stuff is deep. Like, don't offend anybody. 
don't negatively impact anybody? How could you do that? Has anybody ever experienced that some people are negatively impacted by you when you do stuff and you don't even intend to do it? Like, I mean, how do we get around this thing of not being the kind of people that lead folk astray? And the disciples were like, man, we need more faith. Jesus is like, no, you don't. I need you simply just to obey me in the small areas I've asked you. If you simply have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a tree. And in some cases, the Bible says a mountain. So for the new year, here it is. How are we going to increase our faith? Obey. Obey whatever God told you last year. Obey what God told you last week. Obey what the Holy Spirit has been working on you for for the past 10 years. Start doing what God told you to do. And what I've discovered is, is when you start doing what God told you to do, eventually his blessings, Deuteronomy says, when we obey God, his blessings will overtake us. It's given the picture of somebody chasing us. In other words, as I obey, God's blessings start chasing me. How do I increase my faith? Man, obey. Do what God told you to do. Do it in the little things, and as God is able to trust you with mustard seed faith, he says, I don't need a whole lot of faith. I just need some little bit of something so I can move the stuff in your life. Going on, notice what happens. Look at the response here in verse 7. He says, which one of you, having a slave tending sheep or plowing, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? Instead, will he not tell him, prepare something, for me to eat, get ready, and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you can eat and drink. Verse 9, does he thank that slave because he did what he was commanded? Verse 10, in the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, we are good for nothing slaves. We've only done our duty. So notice what Jesus said. They're like, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus was like, yo, if you just take faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And then notice what he says next. He says, man, don't act like a slave that wants to be treated like they're a master. In other words, he gives the illustration of a slave who comes in and the slave is like, yo, I want to sit down to eat first before I work. And he's like, no, who, who, who treats a slave like that? No, if you're a slave, you need to come in and do what I tell you to do. And then when you're done, we might be able to have some chit chat because I'm the boss and you're the slave. Now, notice what Christ is leaning on here. He's saying, look, if you do what God tells you to do, don't be looking for no pat on the back. Look, no, saints, look at what he says right here. Look at the text. The Bible says in chapter 17, he says right here in, uh, oh, where are we? Uh, verse verse uh, 10, is it? He says, in the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, we're good for nothing slaves. We've only done our duty. There are many of us who have disobeyed God for so long in certain areas, when we finally start doing it, we're looking for some kind of congratulatory blessing. She's like, man, I mean, I've been struggling to do this thing for a long time, so I finally forgave this sister. I finally had the conversation. Now I'm looking for God to congratulate me, to applaud what I've done, to give me an ovation by giving me a blessing because I did it. This is the problem with doing things for God to get a blessing from him. What God is saying is, you're a slave. You're not supposed to obey because you're getting something out of it. 
You're supposed to obey because that's what slaves do. And when you have obeyed, this is what I want you to say. Don't miss this, everybody. That I am a wicked and worthless servant, and I'm only doing what my duty is to do. I'm supposed to obey God. Oh, you're not hearing me now. I'm supposed to follow his ways. I'm supposed. I mean, come on, you ain't giving nobody no props because you came to church. You decided not to go to the club and you came to church and all of a sudden you want God to hand pat you on the back. Or you forgave somebody and you want God to be like, oh, what a good boy you've been. And God is like, are you crazy? Do you realize I forgive you over and over again? I mean, many of us tell the truth and I'm guilty of it myself. We often are looking for God to pat us on the back and to sort of congratulate us for doing stuff it took us 15 years to do. Even if you've done something that God told you to do immediately, guess what? You don't do it to get credit from God. You do it because you realize you are a worthless servant. And this is simply my duty just to honor the king of kings and lord of lords. I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm not looking for anybody to mention my name in lights. I'm doing what I'm doing because he's God. I'm his slave. I can't do anything unless he tells me. And I'll simply obey him because he's God. I'm worthless. All saints, hear me now. I am a worthless slave. I'm a servant. And whatever he asks me to do, I'll do it. And this, hear me now, this is the way that our faith is increased. Simply by doing the things God told us to do. Now, in conclusion, this is the example he gives. And you've heard the story. He said, while traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men with a serious skin disease or leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. When he saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were what? But one, that's what obedience does. Did you catch that? They obeyed. And in their obedience, they received a miracle. They simply did what God told them to do. It was their duty. All right, here it is. I'm going somewhere. Verse 13. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice, I like that. With a loud voice, gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet. Thanking him. And I like this. I love it. And he was a Samaritan. <laughs> All right. Notice what the scripture goes on to say. It says, then Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Verse 19. And he told them, told him. Get up and go on your way. Here it goes. Your faith has made you what? All right, I want you to hear this. Here it is. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us this word tonight. Jesus gives a command. Don't offend anybody. Okay, by the way, that's not going to happen this year. Just know that you're going to offend a bunch of people. And... Sometimes your influence is going to lead people in the wrong direction. Can I give you some examples? Anytime we talk negatively, or let me give you a better example. 
Anytime we're in the presence of other people that talk negatively about somebody and we do not defend them, whether they're our enemy or not, you fall in the category of leading people astray because you're encouraging a spirit of gossip. Is that deep? Seriously, I'm serious. I mean, like, really, it's been... Every sin that you commit or any time you take lightly or you deal lightly with a command from God and somebody sees that you're doing it on your Facebook page. Look, man, some of y'all know y'all need to go to 90 days with no Facebook or social media. Man, that thing is the devil, man, sometimes. I mean, you know, God can work through it too. But I'm just saying for, for a lot of us, that thing is a struggle. And many of us are leading people astray by our digital influence. Some of us on our jobs are just different people than we are here. You just look holier here than you do at your job. I don't know what it is. No, I'm just telling you, this year, you will come short of these commands. Don't offend anybody. And here's the other thing he said. And if people hurt you, forgive them over and over and over and over again. Even if they do it seven times in one day. I'm promising you right now, just as sure as you're born, myself included, nobody is going to follow this command perfectly. So what was the disciples' response? Jesus, man, you kind of, you're, I mean, you're giving us a test that we can't pass. Man, you got to give us more faith to believe this stuff you're saying. Because already, I'm already failing at it. I'm already coming short of your glory. I'm already coming to you, Lord Jesus, for the same sin over and over and over and over again. And there are many of us who have even stopped coming to God over that sin because we don't even believe that God can give us the victory over it. The disciples were like, yo, you have got, the stuff you're saying doesn't make sense. You have to give me more faith. And so Jesus says, well, check this out. If you just have, if you work the little stuff I give you, it'll bless you. Okay, all right, I, I get that, but I need more. Okay, let me break it down to you this way. Slaves simply do what they're told to do, and they don't look for credit because they're slaves. Okay, I, I feel you, so I'm supposed to obey. Jesus said, okay, you're not getting it. Let me help you out. He said, one day, there were 10 men. They had an dis- incurable disease called leprosy. Y'all know how bad leprosy was. We don't have to go in there tonight, right? Leprosy was like the ancient version of being a homosexual transvestite. Seriously, it's like the worst sin to have. To be a leper, they said you had the stroke of God. In other words, God was punishing you for a wicked life. And that's why in biblical days, they were told, do not touch a leper. Don't even fool with them. And as a matter of fact, what do the lepers have to do when they came in public places? They had to cry out what? Come on, Bible students. Unclean, unclean, get away from me. I'm a curse to you. They couldn't deal with their families. They were straight cut off from everybody else. So if you were a leper, you were considered the worst sinner ever. Jesus said there were 10 of these guys. And I saw them. I didn't even touch them. I didn't even spit on them. You know, some people Jesus healed, he spit on them and stuff like that. He said, I didn't tell them to go dip in nothing. I didn't tell them to wash. I didn't tell them to turn around three times or touch their neighbor four times and put some in the offering plate seven times. I didn't tell them to do any of that. He says, all I said to them was, go Show yourselves to the priest. In other words, I want you to start acting like you're healed even though you don't think you are. Now watch this. The ten disciples, watch watch the message. The the ten, not the ten disciples, the ten lepers, what do they do? Here's the amazing thing. They were so desperate. When you're a leper, you'll try anything. 
when you get really desperate <laughs> and you feel like you got no other option, you'll do some stuff that you said you'd never do before in order to get that hookup, right? So they were like, okay. So they start walking. The Bible says as they were walking, I mean, imagine some lepers. I mean, limbs fell off. Ears fell off. I'm saying some of them are without limbs. Some of them, their faces are totally white because the leprosy has crept all over their body. And as they're walking, I want you to imagine like a guy's leg coming back into place. Fingers. <laughs> this is amazing to me. I mean, their skin is changing. Guys are going from looking like next to a funeral to looking like they're going next to some kind of modeling pageant or something. I mean, they're just changing as they're moving. Now, 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 now one guy... As he's changed, his situation must have been the worst one. As his stuff is changing, as he's going to the priest, he's getting happy. Now, these other guys are so anxious to get to the priest. Now, let me tell you why they're going to the priest. See, if you go to the priest, it basically, it's like going to be inspected. And if the priest say you're healed, then you can go back to your normal life. They were more concerned about getting back to their normal lives. These are blessing chasers. I just wanted to get the hookup. I've been praying for a job, and now when I get it, these same folks, y'all got a job last year. And you won't even tithe on the job God gave you when you was unemployed. Or you take the job and violate God's Sabbath commandment. Listen, I'm not trying to be condemnatory. I'm just trying to give you a picture of what happens when we are blessing chasers and not God chasers. When God blesses us, it doesn't even move us anymore because we wanted, we got what we wanted. We didn't really want God. We simply wanted God to give us the hookup we've been asking for. So watch this. So God gives them, and as they, this is amazing to me, as they are walking, Lord, increase our faith. As they are walking, their, their bodies, their whole lives are being changed. And this one guy, this is how Jesus said, this is how your faith will go to the next level. This one guy is just like, I mean, fingers are coming back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, teeth are coming back. I don't know. I mean, eyeballs growing back. I mean, he's, I mean, he's just, and, and he just, he knows Jesus said, go talk to the priest. He knows Jesus told him he needs to go get inspected. But before I make that appointment, can I make an appointment with you, Jesus, for a second? I'm sorry, but you just don't. I know you want me to go and handle protocol, but man, I'm, I, 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 look at me, look at my life, look at my body, look at my hands and my feet, and I mean, I'm a new person. The thing I've been praying for all this time, you just did it in a moment. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'll get to the priest at some point, but right now. I need to get to you and all I want to do is say thank you I mean so notice his motivation now when the blessing of God comes in your life here is how your faith is increased live thankfully here, don't miss this when you live thankfully you obey lovingly When you obey lovingly, you trust faithfully. When you trust faithfully, you move mountains. When you move mountains, you're able to keep his commands. 
So how do we do it? How do, how do I get the new thing for 2015? Uh, what's, what, we, 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 we go into the king in 2015. <laughs> this, this is the miracle season of vision for all those in 2015. I mean, it's like always something new. Here, here, this is what 2015 is. Let me help you out. Be thankful. No, everything you do ought to say thank you, Jesus. No, seriously. No, don't miss this right now. Every decision you make ought to be bathed in. He changed. He saved. He delivered. He turned. He worked a miracle. I got to, I mean, I've got, forget all the duty, the rules. I'm just grateful. I don't, I don't really care about like how, man, I'm just thankful to God that I'm alive. I'm thankful to God that in spite of my sin, he continues to have mercy upon mercy upon mercy upon mercy. I am thankful today because my children were not taken by the abductor. I am praising you, God. I'll give you my life because in spite of everything I've been through this year, I still have my sanity a little bit. But the little bit I've got, I will honor you. I will bless your name. I thank you this year. Because there were accidents, weren't there? There, were, there was crime. There was attacks on your life. As my mother used to say, both seen. Woo, I mean, that blows my mind. And unseen. Do you realize that there were demons in the millions that were assigned to your address where you live to take you out? But the name of the Lord was written on your doorpost and God showed his compassion in that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for the ungodly and he gave you grace upon grace upon grace. What ought to motivate me in 2015 should be the same thing that motivated me in 2014. 2000, what is it? He blessed me, so I respond thankfully, and my life is worship. My life is praise. I'm looking for reasons to praise God. I'm looking for, let me read you something right quick from Sister Ellen, because a lot of times we don't, we think praise is something we do here at church. Watch this. I, I thought this was, this is what Ellen says. She says, singing I saw often drove away the enemy. A lot of us think praise is hype. Praise is the new fad. No, praise is for folk who are thankful. I'm not talking about praise when the choir singing. I'm not talking about here. Let's just put this out of our mind for a minute. I'm talking about at your job. You get so full of God in your cubicle that you got to make a escape to the bathroom stall. <laughs> hey, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Close the door. Throw your hands up in the air and say, thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm just saying that there are those moments where you're driving in your car and, and some song is playing. And you just I mean, begin to think about God's grace and his mercy. I don't know what the song is. It could be, great is your mercy towards me. 
your loving kindness towards me, your tender mercies I see every day. Did anybody have a pullover praise this year where you were just in your car? You're normally not a public praiser, but you just heard a hymn or you're just thinking about God and you just said, whoa, God, whoa, I'm blessed. Thank you, God. Now watch this. When a person is thankful, something happens to them. Now, the Bible says that these guys, when they got healed, the nine, they were Jews. They were believers. They were the church. They went and they were healed. That's all they wanted. But if you read the text carefully, the Bible says when the Samaritan leper went and praised and worshipped at the feet of Jesus, the Bible says, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Get ready to, get ready to come praise team in a second. Um, I thought they all got whole. Right? The nine went and they were healed, right? Jesus doesn't say that about this guy. As a matter of fact, he says all ten were healed. But this one was made whole. Now, the Greek word there for whole is the word sozo. You know what the word sozo means? It's the same word you get for salvation. Watch this. Your faith has saved you. Now, if I'm just going to make it. Here's real simple. Nine got healed but didn't get saved. The majority of the church will get blessed, but they will not enter into a deep relationship with Jesus Christ that is able to save them. That scares me. We're talking 10% of the body of Christ that is in a salvation experience with God. Because they do not operate on doing stuff for God because they're supposed to. They operate, this is what the leper did, he did an act of worship because he was thankful, not because he felt guilty. I don't know if this makes any sense. Let's play, play me something as we get ready to close this. What I'm really trying to say here is, is there has to be a mental shift in your mind in how you approach Please don't miss this, everybody. I don't want this to be another sermon. I want somebody to get this very simple message. Your relationship with God has to shift from this attitude. God tells you to do something and you're like, man, I don't want to do this. And then when you do it, you're like, okay, God, I did it. Bless me. Come on, God. I did this thing and I didn't even want to. Bless me. That's not the attitude. God says, this is the attitude I want you to have. Whatever you want from me. Whatever you want me to do. Whatever. I'm cool with it because I'm grateful. spiritually lazy people you're not thankful I'm going to tell you to your face if you're still living in a compromising relationship with God 
where his commands are not as important as your opinions, you ain't grateful. No. No, I mean, like, God has, what God is saying is, like, man, man, I feel like I've earned a place in your life where I can ask you to do crazy stuff and you do it simply because you're grateful for what I've done. Do you need another miracle? No, sir. Do you? No, talk to me, saints. Do you need another supernatural, shake the world miracle to give you more faith? No. You need to start counting those blessings. Is there anyone here today that? And I want you to just use your memory right now. Man, in January of 2014, man, God blew your mind and did something special. If he did, I want you to stand. This isn't for everybody, but I'm talking about last year. You can remember there was something that happened in January. All right. Anybody in February this past year, this past year, you remember in February, man, I didn't know what I was going to do. And man, God just, wow. All right. How about in March? anybody get a breakthrough in March something special happened in your life where you just like man I, I, before I go and get my blessing I need to stop and say thank you what about April where are you I don't know what it was May June July August September <laughs> October November. This is a simple question. Did he do anything for you? <laughs> December. <laughs> okay. Now, if you are thankful, just, and you want your life to move past, I got to do it, to, I want to do it. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> I want to do it. And, and what are you talking about? Like forgiving somebody seven times in a day. Forgiven people are forgiving people. As we get ready to pray, I want to just tell you. Man, the other day. Man, I, I, like. I don't know what your thing is. Here's my thing. This is the devil's number one, like, and by the way, I'm not saying this to make you be concerned about me. Can I say this, you know, like, don't come up to me after this is over and tell me you're praying for me. Seriously, no, I know you are. I'm saying this, I'm not trying to feed you, but I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to get a, some kind of response from my members, but I'm just testifying about my struggle, all right? man, the devil's way to attack me is to attack my mind and make me feel discouraged. Man, I, I, I constantly go through these roller coaster up and down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where I'm encouraged, I'm discouraged, I'm having a good day, I'm having a bad day, I feel alright today, and I still feel so good today. It's like, man, I was like, God, I'm tired of going like up and I'm tired of that 
And I'm not saying there won't be bad days, but man, I don't want to always feel like we're good, we're not good, we're good, we're not good. Man, I just want to be good with you no matter what I'm, how I feel. God says, Myron, let me help you out with this. Stay thankful. He says, if you keep reminding yourself of what I have done and what I'm doing in your life, you cannot be discouraged. One of the things that I'm going to be fasting from for these 90 days is complaining. Oh, I'm going to need Jesus for that. (laughs) And negative speech. What am I going to do? I want to start replacing all that verbal garbage with praise. Grateful. 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 Tonight, we are going on a 90-day fast. Uh, yeah. Say 40 uh, 21 days make, builds a habit, makes a habit. 40 days makes a lifestyle. 90 days prepares you for eternity. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time, right? But how many know you need that long time to check some changes? Okay. Tonight, you have been given a sheet of paper. If you haven't turned it in yet, we'd like for you to. And on that sheet of paper, I'm going to fast from this one thing. I'm going to pray for this one thing. And if I haven't been grateful and thankful enough to return a faithful tithe, I'm going to take the tithing challenge for 90 days. And our commitment to you is if God does not show himself to be faithful in those 90 days during your tithing journey, we're going to refund every dime, every dollar back in your pocket. We just believe that the way to have our faith increase is to fast, pray, and give with an attitude of gratitude. How many need a slip right now? Because I want us to pray. Who has already made a faith commitment for the 90 days? If you have and you haven't turned anything in, I want you to turn it in because what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be praying over every single one of your commitments every single day. If you need one, just put your hand in the air. If you already filled one out, I want you to come to the altar right now and I want to pray for you. Where's my praise team? We're getting ready to praise the Lord in some song as we get ready to leave this place. Before we do, we're going to pray for everybody who's taking this 90-day challenge. I want my elders, my church board members, everyone to fill this thing out so that we can begin to pray and set the example as a church that's together that we are going to go in this thing together. We're going to get the blessing. If you need one, just put your hand in the air. We want to collect them all tonight. Just put your hand in the air if you need one. One thing. You know, I got a chance to look at some of the things people are fasting from. And I'm telling you, this church is getting ready to experience some powerful, powerful miracles. 
I've got some folks so bold as to say, Pastor, I got to go 90 days with no television. I can't do it. I need, I need a move of God. I'm willing to give up TV for 90 days to get what God's promised me. Once you've received it, you can, you can be seated and just fill it out. Do you need a pencil? Do you need a pencil? I think we have some pencils. Our ushers have some pencils. If you've already filled it out, stay right here. We're getting ready to pray. Fill that out as soon as you can, brothers and sisters. If you're already tithing, there's no need to be a part of the challenge. But if you know you need to, <laughs> you know it's better to live on 90 than it is to live on 100. Let's take about two minutes and let's fill these out. saints have filled yours out. Come on right here. Stand right here in the front. Let's stand right here in the front. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Brenda. Come on, sis. God bless you. Bless you. Stand right. And if you're done filling yours out, just bring your piece of paper to the front. Just come to the front. Stand right here. faith challenge <laughs> faith to fast faith to pray every Sabbath at 5 o'clock we're going to be here at the church and we're going to pray for these things <laughs> we're going to pray and we're going to ask God God move, move over this stuff move, move God give us the breakthroughs that we've been asking for some of the saints are and you know it's amazing some of the saints are praying I need deliverance over addictions Some have said, I need to be free from premarital sex. I want the victory. Pastor, I'm going to commit to a fast. Some are asking for God's grace in their diet and in their lifestyle. I, I saw some person put this down and I was touched by it. They said, I'm fasting from complaining this year. I will praise the Lord. I will count my blessings. Once you finish yours, just come to the front. Bring your piece of paper. Just come. Come. Yes. God bless you. Come on. Press close. We have others coming. Let's, let's get close here because we're giving the praise teams getting ready to lead us in just a moment of praise. We got to practice this thing called gratitude. We got to practice this thing called thankfulness. We're going to lift these things to the Lord and say, God, for 90 days, I need your help because I want to start living gratefully, thankfully. I want my heart to be in it. Wow. I want my heart to be in it. I want to go through the motions. I want my heart to be in it. I don't want to be lost. Have mercy, Lord. I don't want to grieve your spirit. I don't want to be like those nine that got blessed but were so anxious about going on with their lives. They didn't have time, Lord. They didn't have time to say thank you. Thank you. Every heart. Once you're finished, just bring, just bring your commitment down to the front. Once you're finished. Once you're finished. Just come stand with us right here in the front. 
you know, there's a song they used to sing during the uh, civil rights movement. And I don't know why <laughs> I just thought about it, but it's kind of how I feel, man. We shall overcome someday. <laughs> like, like I'm ready to I'm ready to overcome some of this stuff. Amen. Anybody tired of the old stuff and just like, man, come on. God says, here's the secret to this. Start making every decision with a thank you, Jesus. Change your mentality to one that is one of praise and worship and gratitude. That'll take away that nasty attitude of yours. <laughs> How many got an attitude problem and you know it and you need a dose of some thank you, Jesus, in your life? <laughs> oh, God help us. Praise the Lord. I want to pray. And then these deacons are going to lift offering. And while they're lifting offering, we're going to just praise the Lord into this new year. Praise is going to sing a couple of songs. We're just going to just lift Jesus up very high and just worship him and glorify him and start practicing thankfulness and gratitude not a concert, not just hearing songs, but really getting into a mindset of saying, God, I, I, my attitude needs to change and I need to start being thankful for your goodness. I want you to take your commitments and hold them in the air just as a sign that you're surrendering it to God because you know that 90 days ain't something you can do on your own. It's got to be all God. It's got to be all God. It's got to be all God. Let's pray. I guess the appropriate thing to say, God, is thank you. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Like, thank you. 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 